0: Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin. Uh, This is a podcast where we talk about Kevin Smith and his movies. This week, we are talking about Dogma. Uh, I'm Ted.
1: I'm Rose.
0: Hello, this is Trevor. And joining us this week is a very special guest um, from the podcast
2: Parents Just Don't Understand, uh, Kurt. Hi there, thank you for having me on. I'm proud to represent uh, the somewhat fine state of New Jersey this (laughs) evening.
0: Oh, right. So, so, I was gonna say that, like, it's good to have you on because you do a podcast about children's media, and Kevin Smith <laughs> Is does children's media for adults, sort of. so, But that's even better than New Jersey connection.
2: (laughs) Yes, I actually have multiple connections (laughs) that I was thinking about um, all through this because, yes, so I I grew up uh, in New Jersey, a different part of New Jersey from Kevin, which maybe I can elaborate on later Mm. because uh, New Jersey is one of those places where people are, like, ultra-territorial. Like, it's not a big state, but there's, like, four distinct areas, and people get really mad um, if you imply that they're from the wrong one. But then I also went to Catholic school uh for a couple years so um i i actually have like many many insights in this i was actually once bamboozled into attending um a (laughs) catholic children's retreat uh on the jersey shore not far from where this takes place amazing
3: (laughs) i'm the only one on the show without the catholic connection i guess
0: hell yes yeah
1: so in
0: jersey right it's like they ask you what exit you live off of that's like the territorial thing so i also uh went to catholic school but i went to st louis and in st louis it's what high school you went to and a lot of times the catholic schools are like the good high schools i lived out in the sticks so i just went to like a regular shitty catholic high school but that's that's weird that that's like that other places too
2: um it is so so to be clear you've actually just stumbled into an an interregional uh, beef because the what exit are you from thing is very much like like a north jersey uh thing oh. um because it actually oh. doesn't really i mean it it kind of goes like all all the way south but it's it's you know people if you're at a lower numbered exit as, as i am um it it starts to get people get like touchy like i'm from i'm from south jersey although not like very far south jersey which is its own weird place um and and kevin is from like north but not extremely north jersey like he's part of the uh new york city diaspora whereas i am more from the philadelphia uh cultural zone area of of new jersey gotcha.
1: mm. right is south, okay. is south jersey southie
2: no no, it's just it's just South Jersey. Um, some some people will self-identify a, a, as a Piney if they're very far south, but it's it, Piney. Yeah, like they're they're from the Pine Barrens, which Rose. I know that you're a, a big a Sopranos fan. Um, yes, and the, I The just Pine Barrens are an almost mythical place in in New Jersey. So.
1: Ooh, yes, I just finished the Sopranos. It was super good. Uh, <laughs> as long as we're swapping Catholic stories, I will say that. Um, when I was very small, like when I was a toddler, I lived on like basically a Catholic commune for a little while and I never went to Catholic school, but uh, after after moving from the commune, yeah, I was raised pretty hardcore Catholic up until the church uh, shenanigans, I'll call them happened, at which point my parents backed <laughs> away from the church a little bit. <laughs>
3: Right, so th- this movie came out probably a few years before the
2: church scandals became <laughs> and, a big story, right? And
1: it is noticeable. <laughs> it was
2: a meme. It was definitely a meme. Um, like, like I remember people making like, "Oh, watch out if you're an altar boy." Jokes um, around this time, but it definitely oh, wasn't yeah. something that was like treated with any weight, like it is now. It was just like it, a joke.
3: It was before the boss, the big Boston stories broke. Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah, that context is notably absent in the movie Because they, <laughs> they they sort of touch on some shortcomings of the Catholic Church But there's uh, one glaring omission
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. So that's like, it made me think it was like
0: Not Catholic because that was missing Like it seemed like a different sort of religion Like different sort of Christianity offshoot Because they didn't make that joke Because it's so obvious But I guess back then not it wasn't or something
1: oh no this is a full catholic movie and we have uh, a mostly catholic gang on the pod tonight uh, hashtag yes. cath gang rise yes. up represent yeah. although i'm
3: so, not, so i i'm not catholic i'm just a big fan
2: <laughs> no i am I, I am not catholic either i i was actually an episcopal atheist who was going to a catholic school with a bunch of very very catholic italians
0: so that so I went to a Catholic school like for my entire until I went to college basically. Um but when I was like sixteen I, I had that like atheist phase. Oh yeah. And and the school I went to was like mostly Catholic, but there were like Episcopalians and the other kinds that I don't understand. <laughs> um and, and so like but we still like had mass every week as part of school and we had to take religion class like for all four years, which is more than we like were required to take, I think, science class, which is kind of <laughs> funny. It's sort of very much like ugh, Kentucky creationism. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't like super religious, I guess. Like there weren't like required like sacraments. It's just like. You had to attend the school masses
2: yeah so um we we had the uh the opportunity as non-catholics at a catholic school to do a version of confession that we were repeatedly told like didn't count like it didn't actually <laughs> um count for anything like practice. god was gonna be like well nice effort yeah exactly it's it's it we're, we're talking about practice um and uh it was basically just like sit down with a priest and they were like What's up? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but um to bring it back to, to Kevin, I don't want to jump the gun, but the, the depiction of Catholicism in this movie, in my opinion, is exactly the sort of like happy go lucky, don't talk about the deep shit um, a- approach that, hmm. that Catholics were taking around that time of being oh, like, No, 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 like we're not we're not weird. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's just like anything else. This is fine, you know, like everybody can agree on such and such. And and the, the truth is, of course, you know, there's like this is a very Catholic movie, but but they're definitely putting on that like
1: no, we're
2: we're we're chill. We're totally cool.
1: All right. Uh, before we dive into the religious masterwork that is dogma, uh, I figure we should go around and figure out where everyone stands on the movies so far. So, I'm just gonna name each movie, and we're just gonna go around and say either good or bad, <laughs> just to see where we are. <laughs> So go me, Ted, Trev, Kurt. Okay. All right. Okay, so let's go. <clears throat> Clerks, good.
0: Good.
3: Bad.
1: Good but a soft
3: good. Soft
1: good. Uh Mulrats, bad.
2: Bad. 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 Definitely bad.
1: Uh chasing Amy bad
0: <laughs> like bad but in a different way than mall
1: <laughs> it's bad with an asterisk
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: bad <laughs> I, it's it's so bad that um i broke my rule about uh watching like not listening to podcasts about movies i i haven't watched and like i i haven't seen it but i know in my heart that it's bad i have faith that's bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: So so far, Kevin's track record um, seems to be mostly on the bad side, but there's some good there <laughs> that we can hold on to. Um, so now with his fourth film moving into real studio filmmaking, <laughs> what did people think of Dogma? It's bad. Uh, I,
0: there's so much that I just like I was I would zone out for so much of it. But like other parts of it I thought were pretty funny and like worked pretty well. So so it's like this is the most middle ground for me of the four that we've watched so far.
2: Uh, to to we, me this this is a um this is like a a watchable early 2000s ABC TV pilot. Like this reminded me yeah. of like of like Chuck. Like like I would yes. watch it and be like, yeah, I guess I can watch a few episodes of this. Like when Matt Damon, Jason Lee or Jason Mewes were the focus, like very watchable. When anyone else yeah, was yeah. the focus, like massive drop off in 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 quality. Like those three carried the movie such that it can be carried.
0: I was so worried before so Jay and Silent Bob show up 10 minutes in. I was so bored until then <laughs> yes. i was like i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna like make it like this is so boring and then when jay and silent bob showed up i like sat up and i was like okay like this is watchable now
2: i i would if, if this were a tv show and it were about like two slacker angels just kind of like wandering around being shitty and getting into hijinks like I would watch a season or two of that. I feel like, yeah. like, like Matt Damon is so charming as uh, Loki. Like, like I, I was actually kind of blown away by how I don't know if if the the part was just written very well for him, no. but but like no, no. he, I, I don't know. He was, <laughs> that, he was, was that was that like was all him. Damon. I I think the
0: the the chemistry. I mean, obviously it's good between him and Ben Affleck, but in this movie it had there was like the interesting twists that it took. I mm-hmm. think. I didn't were really
2: think, interesting i was not impressed by ben affleck it, it oh come it on me. man no no no, no, no. not <laughs> no, no. i think he's great. a great actor but but i don't think he wanted to be there i got the sense that he he like did not give a shit in a way that matt damon was trying I, to give a shit
3: i thought affleck and damon were both great i i love seeing ben affleck work in this movie even though i think it's pretty bad i also think jason <laughs> lee is very good as Azrael, I thought that he's kind of like the. Yeah. He was kind of the highlight of the movie for me. Uh, my biggest problem with this movie is that it's just too long. Uh, it it's reminds long. me, you know, I saw this movie a lot when I was a kid, but I saw it on Comedy Central, and it was a heavily edited version, uh. Uh, edited for content and for time. So they cut like a lot of stuff, and it wasn't until later in life, probably, that I actually saw the full two-hour plus version. But I gotta say. The edited for TV version, it's better. They cut out <laughs> they cut out a lot of bullshit that's unnecessary. They tighten up a lot of stuff. All the whole thing with the shit demon doesn't appear in the TV version at all, which is uh, honestly perfectly fine. You can lose that; it was stupid. Uh, it's just this movie. It, this should have been a ninety minute movie, uh, and it's yeah. just way too long.
2: Everything was... You, you left out that the shit demon part was also racist.
0: Yeah. Oh, very. yeah. That was. Uh, I thought that was gonna come back around. Uh, did not.
1: I'm liking. The, um, I'm liking hearing. Uh, I'm liking hearing Trev stand up for uh, a Kevin Smith movie. Standing up for Ben
3: Affleck. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not the movie. A- Affleck. I think Affleck is great in this movie. Uh, he he and Damon both did a great job with the shitty material they were given. And they made those scenes really fun to watch, even though uh, they're written in that same obnoxious Kevin Smith style that I can't stand. Uh, Affleck almost made me believe it. So I got to give him props for that.
0: I think before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we should explain what this movie is about, lest any more people think, oh, I should watch the movie. Um, So this movie is called Dogma. I believe it does technically still take place in the... It does. it does, View the Universe? View skew Universe. Is that right? Honestly, okay. honestly mm-hmm. you
3: can watch this one. If you had to watch just one Kevin Smith yeah. movie in your life, I would say watch this one. But, you know, yeah, you don't okay. need to make I'm a big gonna... to-do out of it. You can s- screw around on your phone and stuff. Like, you're not really missing out on anything.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say I actually I actually kind of like this one. But I also had, have similar complaints that I think there's problems in the pacing of it and the editing of it it but
0: before we get too far uh we should like do lay out the the premise i guess right. so this movie is about the church uh like the catholic church mythology basically like if you've ever like read the uh the lightning thief books probably a (laughs) lot of people are not the kind of person they would read those but it basically it takes all the like old catholic mythology with the angels and the devils and all this stuff and it brings it into the modern world and it's real and the story is two fallen angels are trying to get into heaven by doing so they would like end the universe or something the viewers universe um mm-hmm. so it's it's sort of like it's almost like a herald and kumar where they go on journeys and they have like wacky mini adventures and stuff like that they meet the thirteenth apostle, Rufus, who's played by Chris Rock. They meet uh, a muse, which is played by Salma Hayek, and a bunch of other like religious things. <laughs> um, and
2: Jay and Silent Bob are there the entire time. Um, w- one point about the angels: they're I, I, they're not actually fallen angels. They they were cast out of heaven, but they 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 are not like fallen with with lucifer they make a point of of pointing that out like like they were kind of kicked out for other reasons they're kicked out for not working right because they
3: stopped uh killing people for god
0: but so what all this like entails is a lot of really long monologues about like it's basically it's like a the teen bible that they give for youth pastors. Like it's it's
3: there's, just that, but it's a lot only like explaining. the cool parts. There's a lot of explaining in this movie. Like there's lots I of dialogue out, of characters just explaining a concept to another character. I checked out for like Almost all of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, hard to, hard to pay attention.
1: Yeah, I think those are, I think that's like where some of the biggest issues with the movie is. Because I actually, I generally like this movie for the most part. But um, there's so much exposition. And I really noticed in this movie that Kevin has a really hard time showing and not telling. Uh, Pretty much every major Mm -hmm. plot element is told straight to the camera pretty much
3: yeah yes. and it's always by a character like talking really fast and urgently like getting yeah. out like a an expository monologue as quickly as they can because they're in the middle of tri- like they had sama hayek have this whole long explanation of what the shit demon is and where it comes from uh-huh. just for this <laughs> stupid like one minute scene where silent bob takes it out with a smelled spray or whatever and it's like i will say experimental is funny why did we why did we need all the explanation just say it's a shit demon and like that's good enough you
1: know yeah Yeah.
2: i felt like uh, kevin smith was attempting to adapt the bible as he remembered it like 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 it, it it felt like he read the bible and then was like damn there's some weird shit in here i should put into a movie Um, and, and like, so a lot of it feels like this weird fascination with, as, um, as you said, Ted, like very youth pastor type stuff. Like, um, at two, two separate times, uh, Bethany, who is a terribly written character, uh, Kevin's first female protagonist, and like, is basically a non-existent character in my opinion, asks, so what's he like first about (laughs) Jesus and then about God? And and, like, that's like that's her role in, in, in the point of, of this yeah. being like an exposition dump she exists to say Grigori wait tell me more about that <laughs> so that someone Ugh. like Alan Rickman can go on for two minutes uh, you know explaining something to her yeah I think if you cut out
0: Alan Rickman and Selma Hayek from the movie it would be so much better because yeah. they drew-
1: no,
2: no, no, no. I like, I like Alan Rickman. It's just sucks I like Bethany him. But he sucks.
0: All his lines are awful.
1: I still find and it every funny, Every line though. is just
0: a fucking exposition thing that I
3: just didn't pay attention <laughs> so, to. I
1: just find Sal- the I think way he delivered talks them well. funny.
3: <laughs> when you get to Salma Hayek, like it definitely feels like we're at one character too many now. It's like there's this yeah. big yeah. chunk of the movie where we're just meeting one new character after another. And then when we get to the muse, who's for some reason working as a stripper in some shitty little strip club in the middle of nowhere where uh it's just it's just like okay that is like this is one the more most, character than we needed to tell this story that is the most cuttable scene i
0: have i ever know cut all seen. of that strip
3: club stuff out it's I so you seen i've
0: never seen anything that is like serves l- such little point and it's almost like
2: they write in more fluff just to justify it later yeah the, the, the whole part where she's dancing goes on for, like, more so than a minute long. and a half, an incredibly long amount of time, and, and serves zero purpose. It's 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 just so weird.
3: It seems like Kevin just needed to have some, like, horny content in there. They needed to get, like, a little bit titillating in the middle of the movie. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, he thought we would get bored otherwise.
1: I've, I found <laughs> it. I did laugh at um, Silent Bob. Uh, watching the strip show because, I mean, he just has this very goofy look as he's lifting <laughs> up, like, I think $1 bills or something they like happen, that. Like, yeah, it's the same, it's that. the
3: same goofy look that he has in every single scene he's in, in every movie. I've seen enough <laughs> of his goofy look.
1: I, I like that. Um, I liked the shit demon because yeah. uh, it was, like, fun practical effects.
3: I did like the
0: practical effects of the shit demon.
1: Um, also a little cameo. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I'd have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure Hooper was one of the gang members yeah. there. Yeah, he was,
3: yeah. Yeah, the main uh, blood guy was the guy who played Hooper.
1: Yeah, um, but the dialogue in that scene was like some of the the worst yeah. in the movie because it was just pure exposition and it wasn't useful exposition <laughs> either.
3: Kevin has a real preoccupation with the angels not having genitals that comes up again and again and again. Yeah,
2: Is that something that's,
3: is there a biblical source for that? Or is that just so an idea that Kevin you can came ex- up with?
0: You can extrapolate into that because angels don't reproduce. Right. So, wh- wh- you know, why would they have, you know, dicks? But also then why would they have faces, right? They
3: just talk about... Yeah, and also, so the idea is that if an angel cuts off their wings, they transubstantiate into a human being. So does that mean that they grow genitals or do they just turn into a... (laughs) That's something that I've wondered about every time I watch this movie since I was a kid.
0: I, I think, like, one thing that could have made that whole, like, fixation on it a little bit better is if they waited on showing it to you instead of in, like... The first couple scenes in the movie, they showed it to you at the end. I like
1: it was a better prosthetic too. It wasn't. A it good was weird. It, it was looked really so bad. bad. Yeah, it looked like paper mache. So the punchline didn't really like the visual gag didn't really work because it just felt like a prop and not in like a funny cheesy way. It just yeah. like took it stays, me out of the movie.
3: It stays on camera for way too long too. Yeah, he doesn't just pull down his pants and show you and pull them back up. He like keeps them down.
2: I feel like the preoccupation with the angel's genitalia is part of Kevin attempting to include women's issues in the film in a really big – because remember, that that gets introduced because Bethany is afraid that Alan Rickman's character, uh, the, the Metatron, is going to rape her. And uh, there's there's a lot of right. ham-fisted like shoehorning in of of like a dumb guy's idea of what a women's issue is. Like Bethany works <laughs> at an abortion clinic. Um, wh- why is she uh, fallen out of the church? Well, because uh, she can't have kids anymore, and hey. because she couldn't have kids, her husband left her, and you know she she has to like um, like faux. Bargained for sex with uh with with jay and silent bob like this there's all these weird attempts to like shoehorn what what feels to me like a dumb guy trying to be like ooh, like what 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 are women concerned about uh reproductive issues and uh rape so i'll get like right to that as soon as possible
0: and then not mention it again which happens in every single every single one of his movies he brings up something like that could be interesting like I'll usually class-based, but this time it was with the abortion stuff. And then it's just gone. They just don't talk about it anymore.
1: I think the um, the real sincerity of this film and the way it does approach questions like that uh, really took me by surprise watching it and did honestly like bring me back to my my Catholic youth, my, my roots. <laughs> um, I'm not practicing Catholic anymore, but I consider myself culturally Catholic and I will defend it <laughs> as the one true church. But like it, it made me think of um it made me think of going to um church camp as a kid and a lot of the similar questions that I would have as someone who was more on the liberal side. But it's not an edgy atheist film. It is one that is sincerely Catholic and does seem to be someone struggling with their faith. But it's the kind of film that I could imagine watching at church camp like with a group of older kids and thinking that yeah. it was like very edgy but of course everyone there is okay with it even if you're religious because <laughs> it never actually goes against the idea of god or anything like that it just questions the logic of it um and the last thing i want to point out is to also like i think the most key part of the film and maybe the biggest focus of it for Kevin Smith is the part when I think it's Matt Damon, uh, as the angel talks about how um, I think it's Matt Damon at least talks about how God is like perfect and has all these rules and ideas of the universe, but man is fallible and the church confuses his intentions and things like that and makes up these things which don't actually align with what true morals are and that's a very common idea in Catholicism and a very common struggle of trying to find the link between the church and God and how pure that link is so there is like a very sincere struggle in this movie that I I found weirdly compelling
0: yeah I feel like all of Kevin's movies have this weird like inner ideological struggle not in a good way um, mm-hmm. But just like he can't quite figure out what he wants to say. <laughs>
1: yeah, he never I, lands on a good answer, but never, the questions right. are there.
0: <laughs> and And this one, I think it's like the most just completely obvious because mm-hmm. it's like in the text of the movie and then it's not resolved except <laughs> for by Alanis Morissette
3: it's it's very uh, just asking questions it's like oh you know, I just I have a lot know. of issues I wanted to raise about Catholicism but in the end I think it's all fine right I guess <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> uh, you're totally right on that because like it's almost like a um a progression where in Clerks the uh the question is like you know why is my life like this basically and he lands on a pretty hard answer of like you got to basically pull yourself together and take responsibility and grow up or whatever and yeah. chasing amy he's struggling with like uh lgbt issues and issues with women and the answer he lands on is like Uh, You have to get over that sometimes women have threesomes and you shouldn't (laughs) use slurs. (laughs) And then in Dogma, (laughs) he has these very big religious moral questions. And the answer he lands on is, um, well, uh, who are we to know?
3: (laughs) Yeah, if
0: the answer he lands on is what if God was one of us? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, mean, I, guess, uh, I was trying but, to think of even what the answer is that he lands on, but he doesn't really land no, on <laughs> anything. If
3: there's a solid theme to this movie at all, it's basically just uh, that, you know, it's arrogant for, for people to think that they can know God's will or whatever, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. There's there's also
2: this this sense of like everybody calm down like like that to <laughs> me was the log logline. It's like everybody calm down. What's the big deal? Oh it's God. just religion. Um, <laughs> and th- to me like this culminates in, um, f- for me, I I I, I want to call this scene out because it is, um, both some of the worst acting uh, uh, for which I put on on Kevin Smith. To be clear, not <laughs> on um, what's her name? Uh, Linda. F- uh, um. Fiorentino. Fiorelli, F- yes, um, thank you. Uh, where she, she has Bethany? her crisis of faith, yes, uh, yeah, Yeah. Bethany. Um, and she like jumps into a stream or like a lake and she's just going like, ah, ah yeah. like, like totally like emotions. And it's so, and so weird. like, it's so like high school production of a difficult to act, scene that Mm -hmm. clearly does not have the direction i i don't know if it like i i I would love to know what he was telling uh the the actress (laughs) to try to do because whatever it was was not a good uh plan and (laughs) it's just like religion is so overwhelming um and she's freaking out at the 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 idea that she is descended from 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 jesus which doesn't seem to have any particular impact on,
1: very on odd, very
0: yeah. odd plot. And she—it's hinted at but never so explained big. at all. The one thing I don't know why what you just you just said made me think of this. This movie is a let people enjoy things for Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's and, horrible. And, and it's not as bad, I think, because it's not just posting an image to you on Twitter, which is the most vile thing you can do. <laughs> but that did just sour my opinion on it a little bit
3: yeah but it's also like hey you know people take this religion stuff so seriously maybe they should just you know settle down a little bit and not you know it's just like you can believe in things and that's good but you shouldn't be so crazy about it
1: (laughs) yeah i mean like, like i it's not that i'm giving kevin too much credit for these things it's that i do actually understand some of the struggles that he's having that he's communicating with this And I I think that idea of like let people enjoy things for religion (laughs) isn't totally off base, but it's more that like you need to be connected to these basic moral truths. And it's the creation of these complex sets of rules that end up corrupting what is like the true meaning of God, the kind of pure meaning that starts before the church. And that the church itself and all these institutions and all these books and things, they just serve to obscure it more and more and add more complexity and rules that end up hurting people. I think that's kind of where Kevin is coming from with this.
2: Which Rufus says explicitly. He gives this weird monologue about like, uh, you know, man messes everything up with, with trying to be like all having rules and, and being too precise about things. And it totally, it totally like ignores the fact that like there there is a world of difference between like Catholicism and say Buddhism. Um, <laughs> like m- maybe what he's saying holds true for like the difference between like, I don't know, Methodism and Catholicism but it's one of those very (laughs) anodyne statements that um, we were talking about earlier where it's like it just takes this complex thing and and yes it's it's let people enjoy things but for (laughs) religion it's such a weird like it it imagines a world in which everyone is either catholic or like almost catholic and it's like why why are we so mad about this it's not that big of a deal
1: it is a catholic universe it doesn't it doesn't take into like consideration that other religions might be right it is like no 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 catholicism is correct yeah, it's just, obviously. it's just we've screwed up even uh, a few rules
0: even little nicky like which is, I think, I a better movie than this. <laughs> it's a bad movie, but I do think I liked it more than this. Little Nicky even, like, acknowledges... If you don't know what Little Nicky is, it's an uh, Adam Sandler movie where he plays the son of Satan. But also... No, I'm not going to spoil that movie, <laughs>
1: I? <wait>. Um, <laughs> I will not watch Little Nicky. I'm sorry. No, but
0: this is a moral thing. I think the twist in Little Nicky is, is really good. Um, no, anyway... It's an, uh, uh, one of those, like, later Adam Sandler movies where he hadn't totally given up, but he had mostly given up. Um, it features heavy product endorsement from Popeye's Chicken. <laughs> but <laughs> a, even a memorable that movie... cameo
3: from Quentin Tarantino in that film as well. Oh, you're right. <laughs> e-
0: even that movie, like, takes into account, even his jokes that, like, the other religions exist. Because <laughs> when I watched it, I was pretty young and I was like, oh, what are, what are they talking about? I don't know what that is. This movie is so singular in its like idea of the world that it, it's like sort of loses its believability. I, like, isn't that the Catholic mindset, though? <laughs> well,
1: it that, is. Yeah. That might be why I liked it a little bit.
0: That is. More. <laughs> that is the first commandment, basically.
3: Well, I yeah. I wanted to just come back to this Los Angeles Times uh, interview from 1999 real quick because Ted. Uh, you mentioned earlier <laughs> how the abortion thing comes up in the beginning and they never really do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, so in, in this uh, interview, uh, Kevin is kind of defending himself against the accusation that this movie is sacrilegious or satanic or whatever, and he's trying to argue that, like, it's actually a good pro-Catholic movie and they shouldn't be mad. So they kind of ask him about the individual things that the church is upset about, and... um this is this is a little quote uh, from the article. Um, so Bethany works in an abortion clinic. So what? This Smith says is a classic Christian tale of a sinner's redemption through faith in God. <laughs> so, Kevin, buddy. so in the point of view of the movie if I'm taking Kevin at his word it is abortion is indeed sinful and she was wrong to work at an abortion wow. clinic but she's no. redeemed by <laughs> serving God
1: no that can't <laughs> oh my god <laughs> wait 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 this is, a, this is very important was she did she get divorced or was that like
0: she her, was divorced yes
1: her, her oh my husband, God! That's a dump, That's two big Catholic sins. No, no.
2: So, so her, she, she did not get. I, I mean, her, her, her husband left yeah, her in husband be, because she couldn't have children, which is a very, which is part of her like why she hates the church, which is such a like terribly sexist way to. <laughs> set up, like, well, what? why is this female character the way she is? Well, she can't have kids, and her husband left her. Makes right. sense, doesn't it? Thanks, Kevin. That's v- very nuanced of you. Good job.
0: <laughs> the weird thing is, like, striking a woman barren is, like, a very Old Testament type of punishment yeah. thing. So maybe yeah. he was alluding to that, but, I mean... Yeah, I don't definitely. And uh,
3: her, her sinful occupation at an abortion clinic seems to be oh, inversely gosh. tied to the fact that she herself uh can't conceive a child uh so so she's terminating other people's pregnancies oh. against the
2: will of oh, god no. yes. to, to your, compensate for her own
3: inability
2: <laughs> and don't forget don't that forget thought. how it's resolved which is at the end god alana brings. Sure. Through, yes and it's like you you are pregnant now jake sully um uh i i didn't ask you uh so have fun with that thanks bye like <laughs>
3: Yeah, she's giving and, birth to the new Jesus, basically, right? She had an immaculate conception.
2: Yeah. And
0: she is, in the end of the movie, it's revealed that the reason she was chosen to be the one to go on this journey was because she is a relative of Jesus through uh, Jesus's mom, Mother Mary, and Joseph uh, explicitly said in the film, fucking after you know, Jesus was <laughs> yeah. born.
3: Which that's not. Uh, I mean, that is something that there's a scholarly basis for that Jesus had brothers and sisters that were left out of the Bible. That's so. That's like not something Kevin just pulled out of his ass. Out. No, it's it not. is. It is denied by the Catholic Church. And yes, one of the reasons it's not. They hated the movie. They do not but recognize it. Pretty much any religious scholar would agree that that would probably happened. Yeah,
1: I was. Um, I was kind of surprised watching this movie that um, I. I very often just find religious like Christian humor even like satires of Christianity very embarrassing and cringy to watch uh but for whatever reason and it might be because there does seem to be a genuine respect for theology or something I wasn't really embarrassed watching this movie I I didn't like get the cringe factor I was kind of yeah. worried that I would I actually like I was pretty all right with with most of it
0: I actually felt the same way like I was expecting like that to be the worst aspect of the movie but that was the thing that like I think worked pretty well
1: yeah but <laughs> but when I was watching the movie too like um And slowly realizing what a respect Kevin actually does have for Catholicism. I was laughing, thinking, you know, zoning out during the movie, as I think we all did from time to time. And I was thinking of, like, Martin Scorsese and The Last Temptation of Christ and Silence, you know, these very powerful, slow films of people facing God and destiny and the universe and questioning the great meaning of life. And this is Kevin's version of it. So it has like a turd monster (laughs) and smoking (laughs) dope with angels and shit like that. And I was like, this is how a very dumb guy processes the great spiritual existential (laughs) questions of the universe.
2: (laughs) I will say that I, I legitimately laughed out loud twice during this film. And both times it was Matt Damon delivering a line uh, it just like really well um there's that point where uh he and Bartleby are talking about basically like oh we should we should slaughter some people that's how we'll get back into God's good graces and they're getting (laughs) on the elevator and as the elevator doors are closing the woman looks over like in horror and Matt Damon goes no not you don't worry um I, I cracked up there and the other time was um when he comes back to, to attempt to kill the woman for not saying God bless you when he sneezed, just the way he delivers that line. Again, like Matt Damon does a really good job with not very well written material. Like yeah. le- legit, yeah. like, like I, I wanna see Matt Damon doing more comedic films. Cause like he was pretty, I, I, like like again, he he squeezed two actual out loud laughs out of me. Which I, I don't know <laughs> oh. if I've ever laughed at any other Kevin Smith film out, out loud. <laughs>
3: Oh, Matt Damon is very funny. Did you see the uh the Cohen brothers uh, true grit remake? He's oh, yeah. he's, he did. He's, he's he's so he funny in that. Yeah, he's great. He's
0: pretty funny in uh Ford vs Ferrari, which is not a good movie. Haven't seen that one. He's it's not, not funny
1: he's not funny in the Astronaut I, or whatever I also, that one's called. I
3: also think I know Kurt wasn't impressed by him, but I thought Affleck made a very compelling villain uh in this Same. movie. When, yeah. when his character kind of has his turn and starts getting all serious, I mean, like, uh, Affleck really digs into that material. And, you know, he makes... Like, I, I, it's weird because I think this movie is so dumb, but there there are times towards the end of the movie where I, like, you know, felt a little emotional. I thought that, uh, that um, there's something very poignant about uh, Affleck's performance. A huge step up from Chasing Amy where he... Completely
1: oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought. But I thought Affleck did great. I really did buy his his turn at the end, and I bought his character motivation. I actually thought there were a lot of good performances in this movie. Um, the one that made me laugh a lot was uh, George Carlin. Oh yeah, who, he's great. He, he,
0: of course, of course, he's. I
1: yeah. you know like I hadn't seen George Carlin stuff in a long time, and I couldn't remember if. I couldn't really remember what his delivery was like. And when he's reading Kevin Smith dialogue or whatever, he's still really funny. Like he really sells it. I there's something about uh just how weirdly um casual and ill-fitting he is in the church that I found really amusing yeah. and him doing the golf and everything. I thought that was I thought that was all awesome. Alan Rickman think, also fantastic.
0: I think George Carlin and Jason Mewes. I don't is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Okay. All right. I think George Carlin and Jason Mewes both have this weird effect in the movie of that like even though a lot of their dialogue is really bad, they're really good at delivering it in a way yeah. that is like Still entirely their own and like very funny. Like I laughed out loud at a lot of the uh, Jay and Silent Bob parts. And Same. I I didn't realize the buddy Jesus, because it's like a meme now. Yeah. It's the Jesus with the thumbs up. I didn't realize that was from this movie. Yeah. That was I thought that was hilarious. That's a very
2: funny uh, I guess statue that they Same, had made. Yeah. That's that that is a terrific prop. Um I, I think that the Alan Rickman and like George Carlin thing is that Kevin Smith's dialogue in this is very corny and insincere. Um, like, like it's attempting to be sincere, but it comes across as insincere. And those two characters are kind of <laughs> like right. being like cynically sarcastic about yeah. it. Like, like so it works. The fact that the the dialogue doesn't work because George Carlin is delivering it in this very like shit shit-eating corny way. Like, like oh, like that. That's funny because it comes across as very cynical and salesy. And likewise, Alan Rickman comes across as not wanting to be there, which is how his character ought to be. And so, you know, wh- whether that was, you know, because he didn't want to be there or because it was an intentional decision on his part, like it, it, it just works. And it's, it's pretty yeah. funny, the idea of like, I am the Metatron, oh God, I really don't want to be doing this. This is all so stupid <laughs> and below me. Yeah, so,
1: uh, and you know what, I'll give, um, I'll, I'll 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 give even more credit here because I think this could I think this is likely an intentional script decision. Uh, at the heart of this movie, as we discussed, there is this very sincere question of Catholicism, this very sincere spiritual journey or whatever, um which is really portrayed by Bethany, who's the worst character. Just awful. I, <laughs> I couldn't stand her. But pretty much everyone she interacts with is someone who is, like, very very deep in religion not just the belief system but the actual either institution or actually from the spiritual realm and everyone she interacts with is basically tired of it already (laughs) whereas like like the, the film is about is like someone sincerely interested in this journey but you know all the angels are just like fed up with this shit. They've been doing it for millennia. They just wanna get it over with. And then, you know, George Carlin's character as well is just like a dude who has a job. And you know, there's that great line where um, he's smoking and someone says like, uh, you get them all are young, like the tobacco industry. And he just like <laughs> sighs and he goes, ugh if we had their numbers (laughs) (laughs) like that that stuff's all great and i found that um the uh the conflict between how insincere and tired everyone was with how sincere the dialogue is written it it made for a lot of funny moments for me
2: i just wanted bethany to have any agency Any point of view, anything at any point in this movie, like nine tenths of her dialogue is is her doing the like the like Metal Gear repeat the last thing that someone said (laughs) as a question thing where someone mentioned like Choir of Angels, (laughs) Choir of Angels, Snake, what, Metal Gear, like (laughs) she's.
3: Uh, she's also just so like nonchalant and smug about everything from the very beginning. Like when she first meets this angel and she's seeing him do miraculous things, she's immediately just kind of like over it and like sarcastic and being like, Oh, Oh, come on. You want me to do like, there's no point where she's like, Holy shit. Is this really happening? She just immediately goes to being disaffected by it, which I found (laughs) very like, it didn't feel like she was a real person, you know? Uh, No. That's why I think the moment when she like
0: is told she is a descendant of Jesus, sort of like, that is so unearned because yeah, the rest yeah. of the movie, she's like, whatever. Yeah, now you're like, impressed. Like n- nothing else Jay seemed to Silent faze Bob you until Bob now. We're
2: more impressed. She, she tries to like that. That scene is filmed like Andy Dufresne emerging from the pipe. In, <laughs> in, like it's, it's so over the top, like splashing and screaming around in the water. It's And yeah, it's it's completely unearned. Also, by the way, um, this has some of the worst drunk acting that I have ever seen in my entire life. That is like oh, yeah. sub-high school level. Like that that had to be a very first like has has Kevin Smith actually been drunk? Like I, I legitimately have to wonder with what's how bad it is. He seems more like a stoner than a guy yeah. who drinks. He,
1: so what was up with them smoking weed on the train? Yeah, Did openly on something? the train.
3: That doesn't make any sense. You you can't you can't just do that. <laughs> They're like on the dining car. There's people all around them. Well, they maybe have like divine protection or something like that. <laughs> yeah, sure.
2: I I did like um the interaction so so I <laughs> I wanted more of Jason Mewes and Matt Damon's like budding friendship. That was really, <laughs> that really good. That's pretty good. they're Like getting high and they're like pounding on the table. And that Damon is like so like childish and gleeful about it. I yeah. I love that. Like I want I, that is what I wanted to be the entire movie. I I, I would yeah. honestly watch an hour of that easily.
0: They the chemistry. Duo of, the duo of Jay and Silent Bob just like interacting casually with anyone is always like so good. It's like in this movie, and in chasing Amy, when they're briefly in there just to talk with Holden, is like the best
3: part of the movie. And it's so I think sad you're that going a little well. overboard, but I mean, yeah, they're. Fu- I do have to admit though, this movie has the only like, uh, Silent Bob moment that I think is actually really funny is when he throws. The- he just is just throwing both of the guys off the train. He's like lighting up a <laughs> cigarette, and he notices that someone is like looking at him horrified, and he just goes no ticket <laughs> like that for some reason <laughs> yeah. that just makes me laugh especially because yeah, in, in the other movies they give uh silent bob these like obnoxious monologues or whatever yes that, but like i really liked and actually the no ticket line would hit even harder if we hadn't ever heard him talk before <laughs> which i feel and like then- it would good uh, uh but yeah it's just this very brief like because you're not expecting him to talk and it's a funny line i think that's a a better way to employ the device of silent bob
2: talking it's it's a funny line it was even funnier when you know harrison ford used it originally before kevin smith like (laughs) repurposed it like it is is a a... funny line yes it's from Indiana jones yes uh yeah yes it's um harrison ford and uh uh sean connery are stowing away on the zeppelin Uh and um is that is that is that a holy grail um yeah Yes, yes, Sorry, thank you, yeah, The Last, Last Crusade. Fair. And, um, ha- like, Indy goes and beats up a bunch of no- uh, Nazis and throws them off the back of the Zeppelin as it's taking off. And this whole, like, dining car of, like, well-dressed, you know, like, German aristocrats turns and looks at him in horror, and he says, no ticket. Um, so, so, yes, it is stolen I from a better uh, film. Well, I, I, was, did I, was I didn't catch ready, that either.
3: I was ready to give Kevin credit for writing a decent <laughs> joke, but well, I take it back. I,
2: He's stealing Spielberg valor. I
3: think it still does work because it, Silent it,
2: Bob it, is so different from it. It, it still Giants.
3: works as a funny moment. Kevin just doesn't get the credit for conceiving an <laughs> actual joke so, that made me laugh. At
0: the end, uh, he, subver- sub- uh, he subverted another Kevinism, and that he sort of set up a moment for uh, Bob to have a like monologue. They even like gave him space, and then all he says is thanks thank god and that th- i thought that was the last thing too. the last
3: thing i needed by then was to hear a fucking silent bob <laughs> monologue like there wasn't enough sincerity happening already
0: trev
1: so- i was i was so worried watching this movie that we would get to the very end and then bob would stand up at the front of the church and be like <laughs> dogma <laughs> <The> thing, <laughs> dogma you know the, th- the thing about religion man back five ten years ago i used to go to church every day and then it would go for like a 15 that's really good story or something <laughs>
2: you should pitch a spec script to kevin smith honestly because that 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 checks out <laughs> so one thing that
0: this film did i think more than the others and rose kind of touched on this and that it's Separate from the first trilogy of his movies, um, it it is lacking some Kevinisms and also sort of introduce some new ones. So what I was really disappointed by was the music was not nearly as good as the last three music. What yeah, are you agree. talking about? I was not I into the music. Oh, like, at
3: all. I was going to say that I thought the score is one of the best parts of the movie. And oh, no. One of I the did re- not like it. One of the reasons that I think this movie almost works is that Kevin assembled some talented people. He got a pretty good cast. I think Robert Yeoman was the cinematographer, and you know they managed to make it look pretty decent. And I thought that the Howard Shore... Uh, score was uh, pretty good, and some of some of the moments in this movie I enjoyed the most were when no one was talking and they're actually just <laughs> setting a mood. Like in the very beginning, the scene with the hockey demon kids attacking the old man, who we later learn is God. Like there are moments where with the the music reminds me of like Ghostbusters or something. Uh, I don't know. I th- I thought it was pretty good.
2: So so I was not into it. I. I I am fundamentally uh, a smart dumb guy, so I don't really know <laughs> where like a cinematographer you know starts and stops in their duties. Um, but the the way that this was edited and like filmed like is very bizarre to me because what what kept occurring to me as I watched it was there's never any sense of place from shot to shot. Yeah. Like like mm. it feels at times like people walk through a door and jump across the country uh, uh, apparently like like I couldn't tell you which scenes for the most part were in New Jersey. Versus, where does it start? Uh, Uh, Wisconsin. Um, Like, there's very few like establishing outside shots. Um, It just suddenly jumps to like the interior of a parking garage. um, And then suddenly they're at the top of an office building. Suddenly, like, they're on a train. Like, there's, it's just this weirdly, um, you know, oh, and also the way that the dialogue is shot, uh, I jotted down that it looked, it looked like, like a mass effect, like auto-generated cutscene at times because it's just like shot, reverse shot. Um, and it, the, the shot would only ever last as long as someone was talking and then it would immediately cut to the next person who would say their line and then cut back. And it had such a very like weirdly mechanical uh, w- way. It, just, it was extremely off-putting and disorienting borderline, I, I would say. Now, I, again, uh, I'm a dumb guy, so maybe that's not the cinematographer's responsibility, but I was not impressed by that aspect of it.
3: Well, that's, yeah. uh, I mean, for one thing, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that it was great <laughs> on a technical level. I'm just uh, comparing it like on a curve to the previous three movies. It feels a lot more like a movie. Like it feels more competently there, yeah. filmed. And what you're talking about, I think, is mostly an editing issue, although that is that does come down to the cinematography somewhat also. Uh yeah, it's not great. It's very uh like basic level like studio quality. But I think that that is a step up from anything he'd done so far. And also, Ted, just to make sure I understand you right, are you saying that you like the music in the previous three movies? Because that's yes, baffling. Yes, I that's love the music in me, the previous yeah, three movies. Yeah, I'm with movies. Ted. The it's music not. Yeah, the yeah. Berserker song is fucking great. That's the, sort of mu- different. the music in Mallrats is fucking so shitty. <laughs> I like it. I like, hate the I like music in Chasing because Amy. Because
0: it's shitty. And I like yeah. the music in Chasing Amy because like I wouldn't listen to it otherwise, really. But it's nice to be able to enjoy it almost as like, sort of a time relic thing. Like, I have a lot of fun picking out what music I'm going to use for the intro and outro
3: for the podcast. I understand appreciating uh, how the music... Um, puts it in a very specific time and place or whatever. I just mean, objectively, I think all that music sucks. uh, And I thought that this movie had a pretty good score.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't entirely disagree with you there, but I still, like, much prefer the old scores.
1: uh, I actually feel like um, part of my difficulty with Chasing Amy is that I actually really like the... um, I actually like the stylistic choices of it like i i really liked the cinematography of chasing amy and a lot of the editing and i really like the music of it too i thought that that film had a, a, a flair to it that i really appreciated this one feels a little more standard by the numbers studio yeah. with a more standard score as well and i found it less interesting in that aspect but at the same time, I do want to congratulate Kevin Smith on making um, a real movie. This this <laughs> is like a, a real movie that looks like it was made by a studio. So that's definitely an accomplishment. But yeah, less interesting than his previous ones.
2: There, There is one piece of music that um, did stand out to me, and I, I'm just going to call out like the spooky god music where like like whenever the angels start doing something impressive or um w- whenever uh jason lee's character Azrael shows up there's this weird like nah, 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 kind of yeah like like that that did stand out to me as like an interesting music cue that was used well to like establish like oh there's there's god shit happening right now like this is weird um which which was like something that i don't really remember from the previous films although again i haven't seen chasing amy
3: yeah i like it it reminds me of ghostbusters how ghostbusters has this (laughs) score that feels very ostentatious and kind of spooky that kind of uh juxtaposes you know the silliness of the movie i feel like that was one aspect of the movie that kind of works for me but just to be clear this movie sucks it's not good
1: I don't don't think it sucks. But now that you bring up Ghostbusters, it does make me think like maybe there maybe that is something that's kind of missing with um, with dogma is kind of like an opposing force to Kevin's particular style, because part of what works so well about Ghostbusters is this blend of different perspectives and different. Uh, different styles of humor and writing and stuff like that. Because you have Dan Aykroyd, who is like, he actually purely believes in ghosts and believes Mm -hmm. in the science of Ghostbusters. And then you have uh, Ivan Reitman, who's this great comedic mind, and Bill Murray, who's this very affable person. And it comes together into this wonderful film. And Dogma, Kevin has to both kind of play... Um, the very sincere religious person who is asking these questions. And he also has to be kind of the snarky comedian, and it doesn't really, um, it doesn't land in the way that I want it to. It's it's just like missing something that I can't quite put my finger on. It's so close to being really great. As it is right now, I think it's pretty good, but it's just missing that extra ingredient.
2: So Rose, you had a super good comment at the end of the Chasing Amy episode, where you said, um, it was something about how like, uh, it's it, Kevin Smith's movies are very personal. He has, like a very personal point of view. Like he's trying to make his own movies. and it would it's nice that somebody got that opportunity. It would be more nice if more people got that 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 opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that rung so true to me. Um, and in a way, though, I, I think that the the fact that Kevin Smith got the opportunity to make a personal film, and that it kind of was a success and launched his career was kind of a curse that was laid upon him because like like I I do think so so like I think it was clear, a curse
3: on all of us.
2: Yes, yes, it was it was definitely was, was a curse on the world. But like Kevin Smith's point of view is this is gonna sound really mean. It's not a super interesting point of view. It's like a suburban, you know, heterosexual white male of of which which I am. And I grew up like I think Kevin Smith did, thinking, wouldn't it be good? You know, me and my friends are so interesting. Our little suburban (laughs) lives have so much nuance. There's so much interesting stuff going on. However, unlike Kevin Smith, um, I did not get the opportunity to make that into a movie. And I was not, in some ways, cursed with an an infinite adolescence uh, by having my belief (laughs) that I was interesting vindicated. So, like, I, I think that Kevin Smith, like, makes the sort of movies that probably should exist like i do think there are good (laughs) movies to be made about like the experience of growing up in you know this particular milieu of you know like suburban new jersey that's probably something that should exist and like other other movies uh like you know patterson for instance is kind of i think getting at the same thing but kevin smith like never grew because he was (laughs) like you know i I think it's very interesting if if I just present my point of view with like me and my friends, and the world was like, yes, it is. Here's some money and a career, and he's like, okay, good. <laughs> I'll just keep doing that. And so that, I think that's where you wind up with a movie like this, where it's this very personal thing that shows no growth, no self-examination. Um, it's it's exactly the movie that I, I think he would have made uh, at the time he made Clerks if he were a somewhat better you know filmmaker and somewhat more confident. Like there's there's no real. Growth. He needs to be bullied a little bit, is what I'm saying.
1: You know what it actually—that's uh, what I'm here for. You know what makes me think of when I hear that is actually um, I just finished The Sopranos, and it makes me think of uh, AJ. Uh, the thoughts I was having about AJ, of <laughs> uh, this kid who is so caught up in all these things that he's just learning, and he's convinced that he's the first person to think of them, to think of these moral questions. So he is still on the surface level, but to him, everything is new. So he's very convinced that he is the first person to think about it, even though everyone's had these questions. It's just that most people have kind of moved past them (laughs) into other aspects of their life. And yeah, I think you can see a similar kind of thing going on with Kevin Smith's films, at least at this point is in his uh, career, I don't know, it comes afterwards, <laughs> um, where it's, um, I mean, compare again to Martin Scorsese and Silence and uh, Temptation of Christ. Like, you look at works like that by that are by someone who has spent such a long time thinking through these questions and what they really mean to him and he still doesn't have answers but he probes at these very deep concepts in very interesting ways and Kevin is still very much on the surface which is why if I watch this as I did at 13 as a Catholic kid (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it seems very smart and funny, and I can relate to a lot of it. But now, as an adult, uh, it's it, what he has to say isn't very interesting.
2: I think it also played better in 1999. So there's, there's this show um, called uh, Welcome to Eltingville, which was on Adult Swim. They only ever made one episode of it, um, and it was based on a comic, and it's about like a group of like white suburban nerds who live in North Jersey, in fact. Um, And I remember watching this in probably like 98, 97, 99, somewhere in that that area. And it was the first time I had ever heard what would be now recognized as like run-of-the-mill nerd humor on on TV. Um, And I was absolutely flabbergasted to hear people arguing about like, you know, star jammers, uh, or mentioning like, you know, like Boba Fett and the expanded universe stuff and like Prince Xizor. And um, at the time that was extremely novel that like this this thing that frankly isn't actually that novel, but it was, um, I think that the, the range of uh, viewpoints that you got in mainstream cinema at the time was so, so limited that it was like kind of wild just to hear that thing that's kind of just, straightforward and boring and so kevin smith's point of view at the time was a little bit novel but in the grand scheme of things i mean like to compare it back to like you know scorsese's early movies which this is a such a this is such a bad comparison but um mean streets uh you know for instance early scorsese film about you know these like small time gangsters in little italy that's actually an interesting thing um, you know, a couple stoners in suburban New Jersey is not as interesting even. Um, and so, you know, twenty years later you can you can watch Mean Streets and be and be like, Oh, like this is still pretty interesting. Whereas you watch something from Kevin Smith's early output and you're like, Okay, end. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think that just time time has been exceedingly unkind um to his his point of view. But yeah, I, I it, it did resonate with me at the time. I have to say.
1: No, yeah, that 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 absolutely makes uh, that absolutely makes sense to me. There's, um, in in concept, like I want to like these movies a lot, a <laughs> lot more. But they always reach for something that they don't quite achieve, and that's like a, pretty consistently disappointing to see.
3: Well, uh, don't worry because. Um... As, as we move on, the movies get less and less ambitious, I would say. <laughs> they uh, With, with, with uh, at least one notable exception, uh, the movies really don't try very hard. I, I'm like so looking forward to that, honestly.
1: And maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, the other filmmaker I was thinking of in a similar vein and also a similar time period uh, is uh, um, Robert Rodriguez, who also is a, person who um was very inspiring to me as a youth also started by scrounging up some money and making a shoestring budget film that ended up taking off in the 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 festival circuit but rodriguez is so different than kevin because um whereas kevin is obsessed with doing these very personal films which are kind of pretentious but also kind of juvenile humor or whatever rodriguez is like completely unpretentious with his filmmaking and is just purely about genre and getting a reaction out of the audience so he he actually like finds a niche pretty quickly and does a really great job with it like so many of his films are so much fun and uh, I don't think I would get as angry at them <laughs> rewatching them as I do with Kevin Smith. So maybe when Kevin takes a turn towards the more simple stuff, that'll be better. Because so I think a lot of the problems uh, are, th- are the more pretentious aspects where he reaches for something he can't quite achieve. But that's also a kind of interesting aspect, so I'm not sure. I
2: would much rather watch Robert Rodriguez's Dogma than (laughs) Kevin Smith
1: once upon a time in Mexico. oh my god God. yeah Yeah.
3: you know there's a there's an episode of south park uh where they did they kind (laughs) of did a terry shivo episode where it's kenny and he's on life support and they're arguing whether or not to take him off but at the same time there's uh there's like this uh war happening between heaven and hell and they're and, and like the angels need kenny to die so that he could because he's really good at playing a video game so they need his help fighting all the demons uh and you know i I kept thinking about that because it's a very similar concept to dogma except honestly they did it better and it was in only 22 (laughs) minutes so i would say just watch that stupid episode of south park and you'll kind of get the idea and there's some pretty cool uh demons and stuff in it so
2: it's It's also a thing in uh, Warhammer forty k, um actually, oh, yeah? where, where <laughs> the Emperor needs to die, but the empire, the, the the like the the Emperor of Man is keeping the emperor on on life support um and basically is preventing him from, you know, dying and and being reborn. And so the entire universe is is decaying much like kevin smith's filmography <laughs>
3: boom boom
2: is that gonna be on uh, an upcoming episode of parents just don't understand maybe, maybe, you get your daughter into warhammer yes the space nazis no i am i am i am uh i i do not have the 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 financial uh resources to support a, a uh a warhammer habit in my
3: house kurt would you show any kevin smith films to your
2: children good question Oh god um um, I, I'm I'm thinking through the ones that he's made. Uh, maybe the clerk's cartoon, which is not a Kevin Smith production. That's true. Uh, I I I do think I could get away with with that,
3: maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean that one was TV appropriate at least, so yeah, it doesn't have any real bad swears or anything. <laughs> um,
1: the the only the only thing I have left to say uh, is uh, the the thing I think that I liked the most that really stuck out to me and made me kind of envision a different version of what this film could be was the uh the hockey kids.
3: Oh yeah. I like the hockey kids. What were kids. they supposed to be? They're demons. They're, They're like demons. Lesser like demons, like I think. Yeah.
1: There was something about the imagery of the this roaming gang of hockey <laughs> kids that are supposed to be demons that I thought was like I don't know there's something about it that is such a good fusion of daily boring suburban life with this uh with this Christian mythology, yeah that it it made me pine for maybe more time spent on this or something because that in that one image, I was like, there is something here, there is something interesting about fusing. This, I, this mythology with contemporary life in this specific way, in a way that doesn't work as well with, like, Salma Hayek's character Ooh. or even, like, the different angels. But those hockey kids alone, I feel, I think a greater artist could take that and, and build off of it.
0: And I think part of that is because they're not explained. So he
1: doesn't yeah, get yeah. the chance to, like... Oh, you're right.
2: Yeah. I love the part where they they like cut a hole in reality and <laughs> jump through it. That was actually like quite cool. Yeah, I I thought that was neat.
0: The, the my like last thing that I wanted to say is that this movie revealed something new about Kevin. So we all know Kevin loves hockey. Kevin mm-hmm. also loves skee ball, because you don't <laughs> put she? it into movies. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was in chasing Amy. It was oh, like right. I forgot a central part that. of the montage. Um. In Chasing Amy, there is a scene where they're like, it's part of the like romance thing where they're playing skee-ball and she's like, I don't throw it like that. And then she overhand throws a skee-ball at the thing and it bounces all around, very cartoonish. Bullshit, um, that's bullshit, I'm, that's cheating. I know, that is cheating. And also, it it like hits somebody or breaks something? I can't remember. Um, and, and
1: Ted, uh, in Dogma, God takes a human form because he wants to play exactly. skee-ball
0: specifically <laughs> specifically ski ball to specifically. play sp- skee-ball and like i get it skee-ball's fun my mom loves skee-ball
2: um so <laughs> this is where i have to reveal some some new jersey insight uh i i oh. promised you that i would unfold my greater theory of kevin smith and and new jersey The so the skee-ball thing is very specifically in asbury park New Jersey thing, um, which it's mentioned in passing um, that that's that's where uh, uh, John Doe Jersey, um, who, who turns out to be to, to, to be God, um, was was attacked, was on the Asbury Park um, boardwalk. And there's in, in the opening shots um, there is which is actually weirdly is was like reversed like like the film looks like it was reversed um because i if if you all remembered in in discord i sent you a bunch of of images of where i had been at that spot um and there's a building that was collapsing into the sea uh which was the palace of ski ball that was literally in in like the 70s i think at, at the latest was a giant like ski ball place um so that's why god was there on the asbury Park Uh, um boardwalk but this i think ties into um a greater mythologizing of new jersey as a place for kevin smith um and kevin smith i think is not alone in new jersey residents for for doing this um and so i grew up in new jersey um new jersey is barely a place um it has very little culture of its own um, it really, it, it barely has major sports teams. All of the culture is kind of being stolen from either New York or or from you know Philadelphia. Um, in some respects, you can almost think of it as like, like North Jersey is a parking lot for New York City. Uh, and South Jersey is like people who wish that they were in Philadelphia, but will never cop to it. Uh, the last thing that happened that was of any import in New Jersey was uh, the Lindbergh kidnappings in 1932. Um, nothing has happened there since. Um, <laughs> And the growing up in this very cultureless place, so so again, like New Jersey is in the shadow of these big cultural centers, has no major city, uh, and so it constantly attempts to create its own culture out of nothingness. And I think it does this in the form of mythologizing itself. Um, and I think that's why the like New Jersey is this weirdly mythical place in the Kevin Smith. Filmography, because if you grew up there, you feel put upon. Like you are from nowhere, and so you kind of have to turn the nowhereness of it into something unique. And I, I think you see a lot of stuff coming out in Jersey that's like this. Uh, again, I, you know, the the Pine Barrens are an almost uh, mythical place. Those those uh, those weird state books um, originated in New Jersey as a as a, a fanzine, or not a fanzine, just like a zine called. Uh, Weird New Jersey that was predicated On this notion that New Jersey is a fundamentally weird Place, and it kind of is, Uh, and so It makes sense that all these weird Religious things of astronomical Importance would be happening In New Jersey, and I think that comes Through in a lot of Kevin Smith's Filmography, that it is In much the same way that, like, Hollywood Is a mythical place for a lot of The film industry, New Jersey Is a mythical place for Kevin Smith, and so I, I think that that all fits together especially in this movie so that's my theory of new jersey which i just shoehorned into this podcast that makes a lot
0: of sense so i've always like felt in my soul that kevin is canadian same and i think i think like that makes sense because i'm from uh, a small town outside of st louis and i have like a fierce feeling of like Local belonging and like what is unique to st. Louis and even like the singular town I grew up in and not having that I think
2: it makes you insane. It yeah, it, 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 it it breaks your brain That is like wild. It's it's like how uh it's you know what it's like. um It's a lot like uh, Mike judge um In like suburban Texas Like if you look at his filmography, it is about how there is no culture like you know, Beavis and Butthead exist in a non place uh, um The what the hell is it called Uh, office space exists in a a non place? It is fundamentally about about a non place and how how weird that is Uh, actually uh, this 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 makes it even more sad Asbury Park used to be in the like 40s a big vacation destination before the development of inexpensive air travel And then it 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 lost that and it became a a non place So I I think it 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 broke Kevin and this is what we get as a result
3: (laughs) I I believe it It makes sense to me. Does anyone else have any final thoughts on the movie?
0: I'm good. I really wanted to get the skee-ball thing out of me. All right.
3: Uh, I'll just (laughs) say uh, that I thought this was far and away uh, the best movie Kevin Smith has ever made. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as Rose to say that it's pretty good. I would maybe say (laughs) that it was okay. I might be willing to call it okay. Uh, still fundamentally bad in the way that uh, all of his movies are but overall a big step up uh, for Kevin I think
1: Clerks is still my favorite but uh, Dogma I think is also good
0: yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm still sticking with Clark's as my top one. If
2: if this were a TV show, again, I would watch it um, for a couple seasons and then lose interest. Um, yeah. Although, mm-hmm. when we don't probably have time to get into this, there are a bunch of yikeses uh, that are late 90s things that were kind of fine oh, yes. that yeah. didn't age well.
3: Yeah. We had a lot of that on the last episode, so um, yeah, <laughs> I think you can just sort of take that for granted. We don't need to pick apart each one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you want to hear us go into how Kevin is canceled, uh, last episode.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, anyway, if we're ready to move on to Kevin's receipts, uh... I'm ready. Okay, well, um, I'm gonna go ahead and send you guys a couple of images. This is another, um, kind of a visual exercise, so I'm gonna have to provide these for the listeners (laughs) so they know what we're talking about. Um... I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you remember, but, uh, 2016 was kind of a big, a big topic of conversation oh my God. in 2016 was dead famous people.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God. It was, it
3: was, it was a big year for, uh, celebrities dying and people, uh, posted about it a lot. No. And Kevin was certainly no exception. Um, I'm not going to read his like long, uh, heartfelt posts about each of the, important people that died (laughs) i really just want to talk about for a little while there for a good run every time someone famous would die uh kevin smith would make a long long instagram post about it and it would always be accompanied by a little cartoon picture (laughs) of james silent bob (laughs) at, at, at the grave of the respective uh uh famous person Webcomic-esque. Uh, yeah, very shitty webcomic style art of Jay and Silent Bob crying over, for example, David Bowie. So these two that I just sent you are pretty simple. You know, you've got, it's David Bowie's grave, and it's got the famous uh, Thunderbolt logo on the grave. Jay and Silent Bob are looking at it and crying, and they also both have the the thund- the lightning bolt on their faces. Uh, and then <laughs> then there's one for Prince. Uh, who also died around the same time. Same concept. In this one, it's raining. Uh, I guess because of the song "Purple Rain." Purple Rain. Also, all the purple tree, rain, the yeah. trees are all purple. Uh, on Prince's grave, there's a car. Does he have a big song about a car? I don't know. There's also I have doves. No idea what the car the is. doves are crying because Prince has a song called "When Doves Cry." Yes.
1: <laughs> this sucks so bad. <laughs> This is like, this
2: is like uh, eighth grade uh, notebook art.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> and they're both different in like just a, the strangest amount of ways. Like the lines are different thickness. The art style is just slightly different. And it's like, mm-hmm. did he draw
3: both of them? I don't think Kevin drew these himself. I would be
0: sort yeah. of
1: impressed, no. actually,
3: if he drew this. <laughs> I ass- no, it has
1: to be an artist. Yeah, he
3: had some like web comic artist friend who drew these for him. <laughs> And that when, makes it whenever so someone weird. famous dies, he hits up his friend. And is like, hey, I need another sad Jay and Silent Bob picture.
2: <laughs> I like the implication that that he knows three things about Prince, but only one thing about David Bowie.
3: <laughs> yeah, all he could come up with for David Bowie was the lightning bolt. I don't know if any. I mean, it's a complete, pretty blank picture. Otherwise, I don't. Know you if could like put
0: Mars in the background. I mean, the moon is already in the background. of The picture just put make it red. That's all you got to do. Yeah.
1: Besides his uh, besides Arts. his music, David Bowie is also like a visually right. stunning, memorable yeah. person. So many looks, so many i like iconic images you can yeah. use. Also, I and mean, David Bowie just gets lightning bolts.
3: The standard move for this type of post would just to be to accompany it with a picture of the person, right? Like that's what most people yeah. would do. You would get some especially cool looking <laughs> picture of David Bowie and post it. Kevin Smith. However, feels the need to insert himself and his own personal like mythology into it. And a literal grave, like a literal grave in a forest. David Bowie and Prince do not appear in these images. It's just a gravestone (laughs) with their name on it and Jay and Silent Bob crying about it.
2: I love um, love the postures Um, I I love how uh, um, Silent Bob is doing this weird like hand thing In the David Bowie one It's like he's ashamed
0: Like
3: did he kill
0: David Bowie
3: It looks like his his wrist hurts Like he just punched somebody
1: Yeah
3: Well there is one more of these That I wanted to share (laughs) Oh boy (laughs) I, I remember Lord. I remember there being like a shitload of these at the time, uh, but um, I, I had a trouble tracking them all down. but there's one that's sort of relevant. Um, the great Alan Rickman sadly passed in 2016 as well. Oh, uh, he was great in this like movie. He's great in lots of other movies. I'm sure we all love Alan Rickman's work. Um, so of course, Kevin also had to uh, no. make an Alan Rickman tribute. <laughs>
1: Dude, that sucks. Oh, that God. sucks so now, bad. Fucking,
3: Tri- wait. He worked with Alan Rickman in this movie. They made a movie together. But <laughs> instead of instead of making any reference to the movie that they did together, he put he. <laughs> He puts James Bob at Hogwarts holding wands while... And holding wands. The Harry Potter kids are all in the background. You see Harry, Ron, and Looking Hermione shocked. There. Yeah, they're like, oh <laughs> looking god. terrified.
1: And then, I mean, we we have to assume that they are the Harry Potter kids. They look also, yeah. nothing like them. Obviously, they just have vaguely matching hairstyles.
3: Obviously they're the Harry Potter kids.
0: I will say it's a good uh, uh, approximation of uh, Rupert.
3: Oh my god, if you <laughs> zoom in and look at his stupid fucking face <laughs> like All that right. tracks for me so it's yeah that's fine so it's alan rickman's grave at hogwarts and there's a white owl with a beard and glasses on the grit yeah i guess the owl is supposed i mean i know head uh harry has a white owl named hedwig yeah but who who is supposed to be evoked by the the owl's I beard have no and glasses fucking but- idea
1: yeah, I don't know. It it's definitely supposed to be someone.
3: Is the owl supposed to look like Kevin if he were an owl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, right. but that's not Kevin, that's Silent fuck? Bob. They're different guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's disassociating. I I'm so confused by the owl thing, and it's not even it like It occurred to me what this reminded me of. Um, did any of you used to read In the Dark Times, Ain't It Cool News?
3: Uh, a, <laughs> no, tiny, they, they
2: used there. to have these really bad um, little comics at the top of the page oh, right. of yeah, yeah. Um, Harry Knowles drawn as different movie characters, oh, and no. it oh, no. reminds me so much. Of oh my like god! <laughs> is is that, that him? Is that, him? that, is that Harry Knowles? Knowles? Owl? No, it, it, it can't. It can't be. I reject this notion outright. By the way, that's not what an <laughs> owl looks like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It's It's got the things coming out
0: of its head that, like, maybe that's an owl.
3: uh, I mean, it's... uh, uh, Obviously, it's evoking Hedwig, the owl from Harry Potter. But beyond that, I don't know why... What the beard and glass... I don't know what that means. One thing that I think would make these truly great
0: is... So, in Dogma, all the angels are wearing hoodies under a blazer. That's right. Every single angel. If if instead of whatever this is, he put... (laughs) Like Prince in a hoodie under a blazer. Oh my god. And then (laughs) you know David Bowie, hoodie, blazer. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all like at the end scene of Happy Gilmore, they're waving down at Kevin. (laughs) You could do everybody that died that year in hoodies and blazers, and that would be maybe the greatest post of all time.
3: Yes no it was he uh, each of the images included a, also a very long heartfelt message I didn't want to read those you know they're very sincere yeah I don't um, want that's to... not that's not what I'm focusing on here it's the truly baffling cartoon <laughs> images <laughs> that I just can't get over especially this Alan Rickman one because it's you completely to about Harry Potter oh there's, my god there's there's nothing but Harry Potter shit in this picture <laughs>
1: You know, what, you know what it reminds me of is um the famous Spider-Man comic where Spider-Man sees 9/11 oh. happen. And and then Doctor Doom cries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Doom looks at the wreckage of 9/11 and he just starts weeping.
3: <laughs> yeah, Doctor Doom, Kingpin, Juggernaut are all there crying and Juggernaut also like did 9/11 in an earlier comic. <laughs> Or he did, like, like like half of 9-11.
1: It hits that tone of um, complete sincerity, for one thing, but also being completely inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) It's
3: it's such poor taste, but it's so sincere, and he's just too dumb to realize how bad it is. (laughs) Like, this is a really really heartfelt thing, and just... (laughs) <laughs> just incredibly gauche and bad.
1: I like to imagine the uh like the artist friend that Kevin has that hopefully is like getting paid for these commissions, just like re you know, opening up the paper one day and seeing Alan Rickman has died and just being like ching. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, did you hear the news? <laughs>
2: Is the tree in the David Bowie image the same tree on the left in the Prince image like like did did he start from like like a template? So almost. It's it's different.
3: It's not exactly the same They're tree. It's fresh. Yeah, I think these are all unique images. I don't it, doesn't look like the elements were me, reused.
0: You know those like the the like Twitter gangs that all have like the same custom made avatar? Oh yes. Like oh, what's yes. that guy's name that makes them? It reminds me of that where it is like clearly made, but like it's still the same exact thing. Right, yeah. It's
3: got a specific shitty style to it that carries through in all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: The, just the, the inclusion of the Harry Potter kids just really sends this last one over the top for me. I really...
1: <laughs> yeah, the shocked look.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're the not even look crying. They just look, they look scared.
2: <laughs> I love what the composition can tell you about the, the, the way that this uh, image was made, that like clearly they, they made it in my opinion without the Harry Potter characters at first then we're like yeah. mm, this isn't clear oh, where can right. i fit in the Harry Potter characters because like ha- harry you can actually see him <laughs> uh her- hermione gets one eye and then is like no, that's that's fine <laughs> um and then and then rupert grint um you can, you can see, he, he looks like young Rusty Venture from the Venture Brothers, and yes. you can just kind of see his angry face peering through in, in, in the background, <laughs> just barely visible.
3: I, I just noticed something looking <laughs> back at all of them, in all these pictures, Silent Bob is crying, but Jay is not. Jay just has a sad face, but doesn't actually have tears.
0: Well, he didn't want to presume on Jason's Muse. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. He can make his own posts.
1: You know who Harry looks like in this comic? Is uh, the main character in Loss. <laughs> yeah, in, yes. in the Loss comic when he bursts into the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my he's, God. He's got the same shocked expression. Yeah, control delete that's what it's called. Yeah. I just know that comic by its name, Loss. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> that same
3: style. Oh, also, I zoomed in, and it looks like they actually did give Harry Potter a little squiggle on his forehead to be the lightning that's bolt. Good. If you look oh, real closely, right. they they did it. So, make no mistake, <laughs> that's him. It's the boy who lived.
1: I am I'm trying to zoom in here and I I still don't totally believe you. That's It's like 2 pixels so I, tiny.
3: I think that must have been intentional.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. That sucks.
3: Well, <laughs> That's uh, what I brought for show and tell today. Does anyone <laughs> else have anything?
2: Has 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 he been posting anything recently? Like, uh, does does Kevin Smith have have any takes on on current events, or is, is he blissfully unaware?
0: On the Mallrats episode, yeah, we mentioned that when the Iran stuff was happening, he said like, "Oh, I just stopped writing the script for Mallrats too," and like, oh, "Dang, yeah. the world's crazy." Yeah, going back <laughs> to watch write more Mallrats. and it's like, yeah.
3: All right, dude. I mean, I get it. I haven't dug into his recent posts a whole lot, but I think I'm gonna have to start doing that because I'm all out of like, uh, I'm all out of like stock uh, Kevin things that I just remembered. So I'm gonna have to uh, w- wade through his social media presence and see what kind of gems he's been coming up with recently
2: I would love to know who he's going to endorse he's not endorsing anyone
3: he's not political man <laughs> the closest thing he came to making any kind of political statement was just being like oh man the every the sure is scary what's going on in the world better get back to my Rats 2 script you know like, I don't, I don't yeah. think he's going to come out and endorse any candidates.
1: Okay. I may have figured out who the owl is.
3: Okay. Lay it <laughs> on me.
1: This is, I've been looking, I've been Googling, trying to figure it out. <laughs> There's one Reddit comment that I found. That, so this is a going off of one source in the comments section of Reddit. Cannot confirm, but they say that the owl is supposed to be Kevin's friend, Scott Moser. Oh, huh.
3: What is what does he look like? Let me look him up.
1: He was the, um, actually I don't know his name in the original Uh, clerks, but
3: he's the clerks. It doesn't really look like him, I gotta say. (laughs) If that, I mean, in most of these pictures I'm seeing he's not wearing glasses. Uh, he kinda. He he
1: wears glasses and he has the beard and the, uh, the hair that's slicked back a little bit. I,
3: yeah, maybe. I don't really see it personally but you know
1: this is the only answer i found but i did find multiple comments that said i guess who is the owl he
3: is a little more bearded and more recent uh pictures of him i guess
1: i was seeing older pictures
3: sure i'll buy that the owl is the is scott Mosier.
1: this may surprise listeners at home but searching who is the owl in the Kevin Smith, Alan Rickman comic (laughs) does not bring up a lot of uh, results.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You guys feel good about ending
3: it there? I'm all set, buddy. Oh, Mm -hmm. uh, make sure to check out, uh, Kurt's podcast. Parents just don't understand. I was on it a couple episodes ago. Uh, check that one out if you want. It's a great podcast about children's uh, media and parenting, is that
2: right? Yeah, that is exactly right. And yes, that was a you you came on uh, with our mutual mutual podcast and friend Jordan Haas to talk about DC superhero girls, uh, which was a good show and that was that was a fun episode. yeah, and we we, we talk about uh, children's media, parenting. um we get a little bit political. We are, you know, I, I would say an an explicitly uh, leftist podcast for the most part. Um, Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's a good time. Um, I like to think that uh, it's fairly interesting whether or not you have kids. Our most recent episode at the time of recording this um, was we had uh, Do Not Eat of YouTube fame came on and talked about Thomas the Tank Engine. Great episode. Uh, Thank you. And uh, why? Uh, Mao's great leap forward produced such excellent trains, so you know. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, definitely come, come, come check it out, uh, and you know would would love to have uh, you back in a future episode. And in fact, honestly, consider this a standing invitation for any and all of you to come on. Although probably not to talk about Kevin Smith. Uh, I have I have no interest in talking about his. Today, I don't though.
0: have any fucking interest talking about him. Outside yeah, of we this do, do enough show. of that already.
3: <laughs> Check out check out Flower Guardian on YouTube. Watch Rose's oh, right. videos.
1: Rose's <laughs> videos you. are great. Yeah, check me out on YouTube. And um, uh, respect to uh, Alan Rickman, R.I.P. I love that guy. Yeah,
3: R.I.P. Alan yeah. Rickman, who's a great guy, great actor.
1: Not his best role. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't his best guy. work,
3: but he he di- he did his best.
0: I just want to say that this episode is. Um, in honor of all the celebs who died in yeah. 2016.
3: We're keeping <laughs> all those celebs in our hearts always. <laughs> okay, bye everybody. Bye. Bye.
2: bye. <laughs> I am the harm that you
3: inflict. I am your brilliance and frustration. I'm the nuclear bombs if they're to hit. I am your immaturity and your indignance